This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, it is Friday. We've made it to the end of the week. Thank goodness. Uh, happy days indeed. We've got a footballers in an Arsenal sense weekend. Of course, Arsenal play on Monday uh, and uh, I'll be attending the game in Oxford. It's going to be an interesting one to see who's back. Is Mill Smith-Rowe, of course, being a big part of that. Going to be at London Colney tomorrow as well for Mikel Arteta's press conference. Looking forward very much so to that. Um, but thank you, everybody, that's joining us live in the chat box this morning, as always. Marcus, Stephen, Good morning, uh, Amira. Congrats, Gunas. We've made it to Friday, indeed. Zach, thank you. Uh, NSW, Friday, absolutely. Uh, Olu, Bradley, Manu, uh, Kaiser, Martin, Timmy, Van, Yomi, Mike, Carl, Blackshine, Paul, Brad, Damien, uh, Tammy, Akmal, Morgie, Jim, and so many more of you as well joining us in the chat box. As always, uh, thank you so much for making it uh, through uh, the week and joining me. And a massive thank you, everybody, that's helped us reach 42,000 subscribers as well. We hit that a couple of days ago. I forgot to mention it yesterday, um, but thank you for that. Uh, Nate says, hi, Tom, I subscribed ages ago and only found you again by scrolling through my subscriptions. I've been here since the summer and have loved ha and happy to become a member as well. Thank you, Nate. Much appreciate the support as well. And welcome to the TGT family on YouTube. So, uh, yesterday uh, we released the fourth episode of the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeats podcast. As always, I'm joined by Sophie Owen and Dr. Raj to talk about all things Arsenal in regards to kind of fitness and squad depth. And we certainly did that. We talked about the need to add. We talked about Gabriel Jesus and Smith Rowe uh, and their potential return. Smith Rowe expected to come back, of course, against Oxford. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has ditched the crutches, is posting all of his rehabilitation montages 
uh, and we talked about when we might see them back uh, and we talked about our new year and new targets we also talked a bit about what the most our most cheat food was over the christmas period uh, and we had a great story from our strava group to go through as well so make sure you check out all of the stuff that we went through in yesterday's E-S-A-R-P show. Um, Now, following Balogun's colony return is said to be normal uh, for these lone players. You may have seen an Instagram post by Balogun which was swiftly deleted because it revealed that he was indeed back at London Colney. I've chased up this line and have been told that it's nothing to read too much into. It's very normal for players to return to uh, the parent club during uh, points during the season when they're on loan. Of course, he's been injured. He wasn't available to play for Rims uh, in their most recent fixture, and uh, he's come back. I've also written a piece this morning on Football London, which has insight from Jeremy Smith, French football expert, about how he's been getting on, and things are going very, very well indeed for him. So make sure you go and give that a read if you haven't done so already. Uh, Now, Arsenal, according to the Mail, are named as one of the potential suitors for attacking midfielder Alberto Malero, the Las Palmas 19-year-old attacking midfielder. Um, is being heavily linked with Aston Villa right now. But Arsenal are said to hold an interest in the player. Can't say I know too much about him. He's got five assists so far, playing 20 games in the second tier of Spanish football at this moment in time. Right-footed. He only signed a new contract in 2021, so you'd imagine he would uh, have quite a long time left on his deal. But apparently he is indeed on our radar um, and certainly a player that we're looking at. A bit of a strange one. But of course, we always look to uh, we always look to try and bring up as many of these stories as we can for you. But nothing more concrete at this stage beyond just interest from Arsenal. Now, Brendan Rodgers has been talking about Yuri Tielemans rather interestingly. In fact, um, he's turned around and said a number of things along the lines of basically warning players that if they're not happy, they should probably leave, which is. Kind of a strange one. Uh, He says, this is the exact quote, I think that if someone doesn't want to be here or someone wants too much money to be here, we have to be brave enough to say, listen, thank you very much and on you go because we are not a club with masses of resources that can facilitate every single player's needs, especially from a financial side. A number of these guys are down uh, down to their last year. We said before we'd like them to stay, but there has to be a point in time when when what they want is too demanding for us as a club. And if the time is right, they have to move on. Then we have to do that and then look forward. Now, I haven't absolutely checked this 100%, but Yuri Tillemans is obviously the the, the mainstay candidate as well. But you've got uh, Yuri Tillemans, you've got uh, Chala Soyuncu, you've got Daniel Amate, you've got Ayose Perez, uh, Nampalis Mendy, uh, Johnny Evans and Ryan Bertrand all of whom's contracts do run out at the end of this season. And according to Transfer Marts, I'm just doing the, the maths very quickly in my head, uh, we've got around 90 million worth of players there, according to Transfer Marts, in terms of their market value. That said, Yuri Tillemans is valued at 40 million euros on Transfer Marts, with Soyuncu being at 22 and Daniel Amati being at 15. So read into that what you will. But that is a number of players there. Uh, I mean, especially Tillemans and... Um, and Soyuncu were very highly rated. And yet, uh, Leicester in a position now very much struggling uh, to keep hold of them. But, of course, Arsenal have been linked with Tillemans quite heavily. My colleague Kai Kainak has said that uh, this month in particular, that interest has called. And you can imagine if Arsenal do go for Tillemans, it will probably be in the summer as they try to get him on a free 
transfer. Now, uh, we talked yesterday about uh, Fichajes, uh, the Spanish outlet, linking us very heavily with making a potential huge offer for Declan Rice. And we talked about the fact that, you know, Fichajes aren't particularly the most reliable source in the world. However, uh, yesterday uh, and later on after we did the show, Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports did indeed verify that Arsenal have an interest in Declan Rice, but the player wants to indeed remain in London and that that means that Arsenal and Chelsea make sense as the most likely suitors for the player. So despite the fact that we questioned the legitimacy of how much Arsenal might indeed offer, and I'm still certainly questioning that quite a bit, it is indeed true that Arsenal are looking and watching the player uh, that is uh, a very, very encouraging piece of information from Ben. So very much thank you, Ben, for verifying the thoughts around, uh, around Declan Rice. Because if Arsenal can pull that deal off in the summer, it's worth pointing out this would be for the summer, not the winter. It would be a very good move in my eyes for the Gunners to try and complete. Now, our uh, next story is that David Ornstein has theorised that Arsenal could indeed bring their uh, the kind of feelings around the Joao Felix deal forwards. And with the struggles to get Mihailo Mudrik over the line, they might indeed focus on trying to get Felix in earlier if indeed they can convince Atletico Madrid to come down on the price. Now, there were reports yesterday claiming that Manchester United have made an official offer to Atletico Madrid. However, that the loan fee is only €4 million Euros and that they will, of course, shoulder the full salary of the player. Uh, I don't know how real that is. It's only something that I saw scrolling through my timelines yesterday. However, we know that Atleti want around 15 million euros. And so it's probably that that will be rejected. Arsenal want that to be significantly lower as well. And I'm probably waiting to see if a loan offer is accepted by any other club at such a low figure and then swoop in if they can do to agree the same level and then allow the player to decide where he wants to go. So we'll see what happens with Joao Felix. But David Ornstein theorising yesterday that indeed uh, we might see Arsenal move for Felix earlier instead because the Mudrick deal is, is dragging on. Speaking of the Mudrick deal, to finish off the news for this morning, uh, Chelsea, of course, held talks with Dagio, uh, Dario, Dario uh, Serna, uh, the director of Shakhtar Donetsk. He's the, he's the guy that's basically taking a real uh, focus on Mudrick's potential sale. Uh, they were said to be positive talks from what we heard. However, the feeling remains that Arsenal are indeed the favourites. Arsenal themselves remain confident and patient. Arsenal may choose to see this one through right into the end of the transfer window in the hope that Shakhtar will come down on their valuation. Now, in yesterday's game in which Chelsea lost to Manchester City, which meant that the gap between ourselves and City closed to just five points, both Raheem Sterling and Christian Pulisic had to be removed due to injury. Whether or not this will then step up Chelsea's efforts to try and sign the player we don't know at this stage. It wouldn't be all that surprising to see that happen. However, I imagine if you're Shakhtar Donetsk and you've just watched that happen, you will then know how desperate Chelsea will be to try and sign a wide player. That is also, uh, and I should tell you as well, that we've had another incident of Instagram tomfoolery from Mudrik. Uh, he's liked another picture uh, of himself now dressed in a cape which is adorned with a number of Arsenal cannons. Um, I'm not making this up. If you've not seen it, definitely try and find it on your socials. It's worth a look. But yes, Mudrik has indeed liked that photo of him adorned in all of those cannons, which if, let's say, hypothetically, he was to move to Chelsea, he'd look pretty darn silly, you know, at this stage to do that. So uh, there's a lot of kind of chaos and fun in this transfer, certainly not in Drew's standing, our good friend Drew, who does our podcast, who's not happy about Mudrick's behaviour whatsoever. Um, but very much indeed, we're looking forward to more antics from the player and hopefully keeping our fingers crossed 
something happening in the near future on Arsenal's end. That completes all of today's stories. We're going to move to part two and your questions in the chat box right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat box. We've got a couple of messages to catch up on. Uh, Ron Raj, thank you so much for the donation. Uh, if you had to sell one of our starting 11, Jesus and Smith Rowe included, who would it be and why? Uh, one of our starting 11. Um, so if, if Smith Rowe's included, that's strange because he doesn't actually get into my starting 11. So who would I sell? Who would I sell of our starting 11? Who's the most expendable player on the team? Um, probably Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale is probably the most expendable player in our starting eleven. I think you can get a goalkeeper that's good with distribution, maybe not homegrown, but I think Ramsdale is probably the most expendable of the starting eleven right now. White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, no chance. Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, no chance. Saka, Jesus, Martinelli, no chance. So yeah, it's probably Ramsdale. Um, Ramsdale is probably the one that is the most expendable of the group. If I had to, I don't want to. If I had to. Uh, Ethan, thank you again uh, for your donation. Uh, do you think there is any truth in people saying that we're overpaying for Madrid now? It weakens our negotiating for future transfers. Um, if he performs really well and he's amazing and he's brilliant, you're not going to overpay because you're not even going to talk about the transfer fee. I actually wrote about this yesterday. I kind of used Ben White as a bit of an example. Ben White cost a lot more than people maybe thought he was worth when we bought him. But no one's talking about the price tag of Ben White, you know, at this stage. No one is talking about how much Ben White cost. Because, quite simply, he's done brilliantly since coming to Arsenal. So, uh, if Mudrick was to do that, can you really overpay? That said, I was listening to the Ask Ask with our good friend Clive, who's probably watching, and he pointed out that he hates it when people say, it's not my money. I wonder I wonder who he was talking about when he said that. Because <laughs> I've said that. It isn't my money, you know, and I understand the whole thing. And I do talk about the amount of money that we pay. And I have talked about Joao Felix at length and why I wouldn't necessarily pay 21 million euros to get him on a six-month loan. The reason why I say it's not my money is more as a kind of defence mechanism around if we overspend on someone. Um, and if they do really well, I don't really care. However, with Nicolas Pepe, with Squadra Mustafi, with Lucas Perez, with uh, the wages we've given to William and, and uh, Sarah Kalasnach, you know, we've been burned. We've been burned by heavy investment on players that never did it for us. So whilst it isn't my money, I know that there is the potential for us to waste it at the same time. So I think it's important to have kind of that balance, if you know what I mean. Um, 
Jabu says, I'm happy that Madruk is trying his best. Um, <laughs> Ginga says, Tom has clearly never watched Naruto. I don't know what that is. So you're absolutely right. Tom's not understanding the Naruto reference. I, 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 I have no idea. I don't even know what I've referenced, um, to be honest. <laughs> what Someone said something in the chat box that I've clearly read out earlier in the show, and now I'm like, I have no idea uh, what, I've, what I've missed somehow. Okay, well, clearly uh, I've been fooled around with some... Fooled around? No, that's, that's the wrong words. I've been... What's the word? Gazumped. There we go. We'll go with that one. Uh, Ashwin, Tillemans is not a player I want. Uh, Goderick says, why not recall Pepe and help the title push? Because I think, actually, it can be more damaging to have the wrong player or an unhappy player in the squad um, than no player at all. You have to have the right one. You have to have a player that wants to be here. So, no, I'm not for the idea of recalling uh, Nicolas Pepe. Not at the moment. Um, James says, Tom, let's get some TGT merch on the go. As a graphic designer, I'd be happy to help with the conceptual stages. Uh, thanks, mate. Um, I, to be honest, I've only ever had one idea for a, a piece of merch. And to be honest, I, I've not really put my head into it too much. And it's just our cannon right there on one of these black caps. That's That would be quite cool. Maybe in kind of a silvery gray color rather than the white. But maybe uh, we'll get some feedback from people on what they would like to see. Uh, Jeremy says, how reliable is Ben Jacobs? He's a very, very well-connected man. Got a lot of good connections, a lot of good... Um, in me, I've known Jake, Ben Jacobs for a, a long, long time, way before we um, got into um, all of this transfer malarkey. Uh, I used to speak, to, I used to interview him actually about a number of things because he used to work in the in the Middle East and had a lot of contacts out there um, regarding kind of. Do you remember when those those rumours about the Qatari takeover of Arsenal? Do you remember when that happened on social media? Um, I interviewed Ben because he did a lot of work in in Qatar and and stuff like that around sports. So he knew quite a lot about the people involved. And uh, that was way before he was getting into the transfer stuff with CBS. So, uh, yes, he's very well connected indeed. Uh, Zlako says, hey, Tom, I'm watching all episodes in the last uh, X period of time. I haven't wrote since a long time ago, but I am here. I remember when the channel had just 3,000 subs. It's nice to see how we've grown. I mean, 3,000 subs. I wasn't even hosting the show when we had 3,000 subs. Uh, Craig, of course, was doing the show way back then in 2015. Um, so it's come on quite some time since I took on when I think we had about 8,000 subs um, in 2016. And, and now we're on 42. So it's amazing how things grow, isn't it? Very much indeed. Um, can Chelsea afford Mahalo Mudrik, Dave? Probably. You know, Ted Bowley's spending a ridiculous amount of money um, wherever he goes. So I have absolutely no doubts that Chelsea would be able to afford the player if they wanted to sign him. Uh, Owen says, hi, Tom. I like Mahalo Mudrik, but Arsenal is taking forever to seal the deal. And I think João Felix and Liao could do the job if Gunas don't value the former that much. But I'm disappointed at the negotiations. Owen, there's not much I can say to convince people if they're disappointed how long things are taking. It's the 6th of January right now. It's worth pointing out. We're not even a week into January at this stage. And Shakhtar are very much holding on to this value of 100 million euros, 88 million pounds for Mudrik. Arsenal don't want to pay that. Shakhtar don't need to sell unless they get that much. They're not forced into selling. They don't need to sell uh, Mudrik's on a long-term contract. And they've got another team now like Chelsea also interested. So there is a potential for a bidding war, which Arsenal don't want to get into. My information on the situation, as I've always told you, is that Arsenal don't want Mudrik to become their record signing. It might be that they have to offer a serious amount of money up front, totaling near £70 million to get this deal done, but we'll have to wait and see if that turns out to be the case. Um, 
So let's go to uh, Ashish, who says, Hey, Tom, say if we sit still top of the table and maintain a gap of five to eight points by March, April time, do you think Arteta will be taking it easy on the FA Cup and the Europa League fixtures to concentrate more on the Premier League? Uh, I would think so, especially because if you're in that position, you've probably secured Champions League football. Uh, you would think you've nearly ultimately secured it by that point. Um, and I think that because of that, we would start to shift focus to make sure we've rotated and rested for big Premier League games. Now, there might be some Premier League games that circle around the Europa League or the FA Cup if we indeed do progress that far into the competition that are more so, let's say, winnable fixtures than, say, playing top half of the table teams. Um, that might mean we go doubly strong in both games. But if there's a big, big game against one of the top six, for instance, or top seven, I think maybe that means that we would um, have a lot much, much more rotation in those Europa League games. But depends who we're playing as well. Of course, next month, we've got the uh, Barcelona-Manchester United fixtures and all of the round of 32 to get our teeth sunk into as European action returns. And then Arsenal will get back underway in the Europa League in March. So we've still got a couple of months at least until we get to the Europa League returning. Um, Stuart says, Xhaka is the one that's expendable for me. He's great, but doesn't do much differently to a regular CM. Uh, Ramsdale's distribution is fantastic and it fits our plate. There are other goalkeepers that I think would would also do that. Xhaka's just everything beyond his character on the ball off the ball and his leadership in the dressing room, I think, is is very, very difficult to replace. And the amount of time and experience he's got being at Arsenal is very valuable too. Um, let's go to Carl. Breaking news. Tom from the Gunner Talk says Arsenal should sell Ramsdale. <laughs> if anyone quotes me or I see any aggregators saying that I've said that, that is not the case. Not the case at all. Still, this Naruto stuff is coming up. I'm sorry, guys. I don't, I don't watch... Whatever program is it? I'm not going to make. I'm not going to guess because it'll come off wrong. Um, Guna Boy says I'm a bit amused how Shakhtar is demanding a king's ransom uh, for Mudrik when he didn't start to kick a ball um, until all of the uh, foreign-based players in Shakhtar. It's worth saying that because, of course, when the the invasion happened, uh, Shakhtar moved on a lot of their uh, foreign talent because they were able to under the FIFA laws to leave on loan, and so Mudrik then got an opportunity. Um, but that doesn't really matter, uh, to be honest, because when he's come in, he's done brilliantly and been brilliant. So I, it doesn't really matter. Um, it only matters what he does, not the circumstances around how he did it. Um, let's go to Daniel. Says, do you think someone like Mohamed Kudus uh, would be an option instead of Mudrik? He covers all four positions and uh, and the eight to a high level. He's also left-footed and can mirror what Saka does with a rolling something. Uh, oh, rolling his man. I was like, what's a his man? <laughs> but he does that. Yeah, he spins off and does really well. Uh, the, the problem with Kudus is that he is more, in my view, of kind of a attacking midfielder that can play in a wide area, a bit like Smith Rowe. Um, I want to see us bring in a very quick, stylistic winger. I want to see us bring in a genuine winger, not an attacking midfielder that can play in a way. That, it's not really why I want Zoboslo when people ask me about that anymore. Or like Asensio, for instance. These are attacking midfielders that can play in wide areas. I want an out-and-out winger that can give us that speed, that place, that penetration, all of those things. That's what I need from that winger. So not necessarily the same as an attacking midfielder like Kudus, who can play across the front, to be honest. Just where my head's at with that one. Um, Deep Kundu, thank you for the donation. Uh, Tom, what FFP rules do apply to Chelsea? I have no idea, but I don't know if they exist. 
<laughs> uh, it's a Japanese cartoon. Thank you, Jose. I'm sure, I, I assumed that it that's what it was. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. It's not my thing. The only anime I watched as a kid was the original Pokemon series and the original Yu-Gi-Oh series. <laughs> that, that was my child. That was my childhood of anime. Beyond that, I'm. It's just not. I'm just not into that. You know. And um, yeah, so sorry. I know that it's a, a very popular thing and lots of you watch it and that's great. You can do that. It's just not for me. It's just not for me. So I apologize if these anime references are lost on me. Uh, Akmal, thank you so much for helping support the channel and becoming a brand new member. If you indeed have been so before, thank you for coming back. If not, welcome to the TGT family. It's getting to the stage now where there's so many, we're getting so many members and people join up supporting the channel that some people sign up again. And I've, you know, it's difficult to know where it's an account that's been a member already. I do try and remember as much as I can, but when you get into the 300 plus areas of members, it's, it becomes pretty tricky. Um, I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs> I can only apologize. I'm so, you're right, Crossfire. I'm so uncultured. <laughs> I'm so uncultured. And Sean, thank you for accepting my apology. I appreciate that. Um, Wu-Tang is forever, says uh, Tom. He has a tattoo. I don't have any at the moment. I have always kind of thought about getting one and I have ideas, but no, never never ended up getting one, to be honest. Uh, let's scroll up and go to uh, Patrick, who says, are Chelsea out of the top four race? I mean, it's a good and worthy question to ask. Have a quick check at the table because we love checking the table right now. Arsenal sit top 44 points. Man City second, 39 points. Newcastle in third with 35 points, still nine points behind us. We have to play, of course, City to catch up to them in terms of games. Manchester United on 35 points, nine points behind us. Worth noting that they'll close to just six points if indeed Arsenal and United win the next games. Uh, Man United do play City in their next game as well. Spurs on 33 points, Liverpool on 28 points, uh, a huge amount behind Arsenal. Now, Chelsea on 25, 19 points, having played the same number of games in 10th. Brighton, Fulham, Brentford, all above Chelsea. Chelsea's next fixtures, I'm curious as to what their fixture list is now. Uh, they go away to Fulham, who are above them. Not an easy game. They go at home to Crystal Palace. You'd expect them to win that. They then play Liverpool. They then play Fulham again. West Ham, Southampton, Spurs away, Leeds, Leicester away, Everton at home, uh, and Aston Villa at home before they play Wolves. And then we're getting towards the end of the season. But uh, yeah, they then got Champions League games against Borussia Dortmund as well. And I've not really checked on the Bundesliga this season. Um, where are Dortmund? Wow. Where on earth are Dortmund? They're sixth. Okay. Nine points off the leads. Not had a great season. Freiburg doing very well up there. Four points off Bayern Munich, who obviously are in fourth. Leipzig, Frankfurt and Berlin all ahead of Dortmund. So... Having a Chelsea-esque season, maybe. Uh, very two similar teams in terms of where they're at. Uh, Dana says, uh, Tom, what's your ideal transfer window? Ideal? Is ideal still within the realms of realism and being realistic? I'm going to assume that it is. Mudrick, um, midfielder. I've been saying Tillemans because I think he's accessible. But if it's ideal, ideal midfielder. I like Mikel Moreno a lot from Real Sociedad. Maybe someone like him. Um, or Ibrahim Abamba. Uh, I like him a lot as well. And a forward, I mean, Joao Felix on a loan deal until the summer would be great. You know, I would really be happy with him on a loan deal, but I don't really want to pay loads for him. That's my stumbling block with that one. Um, 
<laughs> Chris says Tonkin Uranus is on top of the league. Absolutely. Uh, it's us. <laughs> um, let's go to Jonathan, who says, uh, how much do you think Napoli will demand for Kovac Schellia? Um, also, can you do an update on Reese Nelson and Smith Rowe's injuries? Well, Smith Rowe is back, uh, supposedly, against Oxford. We are yet to get an update on Nelson. Uh, I'm going to be at Arteta's press conference tomorrow. We may hear some information on Nelson and Jesus, but Smith Rowe is meant to be back uh, as of then. Uh, and on Kovac Schellia, they'll ask for a very silly fee as well. Just like Shakhtar, Napoli are very, very difficult to negotiate with. So a tricky side to get a deal done. Um, there you go. And Mohamed says, Mudrik was available uh, for 40 million in the summer and we do not get him. That's a big failure then. And now we're stuck in a saga. For me, it's a failure and we need players. So make the final offer or get another one. You know, uh, at that point in time, Mudrik had been on the scene... Yes, for a very short period of time. You know, he really jumped onto the scene in June. To justify 40 million for Mudrik then would have been a, a real reach. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight, it's easy to sell that that's a failure because we didn't get him then. Easy to say that now. Um, but I'm reluctant to agree with you, Mohammed, on that one just because it's it's just so easy with the benefit of hindsight to look back and say, yeah, we should have done that then because look what's happening now. But would have been so difficult to justify even 40 million back then based upon what he'd done up until that point. Um, Prince says it's laughable to choose Harvey Barnes over Mudrick. Yeah, I would probably agree with you, to be honest, on that one. I wouldn't go for Harvey Barnes at all. Uh, Jonas says, Tom, what about Tiago Almeida? Uh, he's the right age playing in the MLS and has potential to become the new Almiron, even though he's Argentinian. Now, the problem with uh, Almiron is, of course, that he took about four years to really develop into a player that has been competitive in the Premier League. Uh, it's taken a long time. 21-year-old Almeida, yes, has done quite well. I think he can play off the right. Is that fair? And he's like, an, again, a bit of an attacking midfielder that can play on the right-hand side or the left-hand side. So I do want more of an out-and-out -out winger than I do an attacking midfielder. But I don't know much about the player enough to have a real judgment. But Again, I wouldn't use Salmoron as the best comparison because it's taken him a long time to transition from the MLS to that level in the league. And I think we need someone who can provide us with a more immediate impact. But I think as we've seen from Mudrick in the Champions League, a player there, of course, that can indeed provide you with um, with that immediacy that we are looking for. Uh, Zachary says, what are we saying about James Madison? I don't know. He's injured at the moment, isn't he? Um, again, another player that I don't necessarily think fits into what we're doing. The only argument for James Madison right now is that he could play on the left eight role, but then you are sacrificing a lot to be more offensive. Some would say we should be doing that. But yeah, it's it's difficult to say that we should go for James Madison when we've got Odegaard, we've got Fabio Vieira. How do you fit him in? Yes, maybe on the left of midfield, but even then you are surrendering a lot of what you're getting from Xhaka defensively. So would we lose balance in the midfield? Uh, Omar says, hope you're well, Tom. I am. I hope you are too. Uh, is our recent record at Tottenham a cause for worry heading into the next weekend's North London derby? Of course. I hate the derby. I'm always nervous about it. I can't stand it until we win. Then I love it. Um, we haven't won there since 2014. It should be a worry. But it also should be an opportunity to try and, and you know, change that change that rhetoric, change that record. We've done a number of, of things this season and last season, which ended records and runs of games that we had not looked upon favourably. So we should be looking to try and do the same thing if we go and try and play how we are there. Like, how tall are you? 6'3". Well, 6'2 and a half, but 
We call it 6-3. Harris um, <laughs> says, why not a low move for a centre-mid with the likes of Frank Kessier or Ryan uh, Gravenberch? He has not been playing too much, has he? Uh, Frank Kessier, neither. Two options who have not been playing much. Not a bad shout, Harish. I actually rate that one. They haven't been playing much at all at their clubs. Maybe we should be looking to get one of them on loan. Not a bad shout at all. I quite like that. Um, and Amira says, don't think you've mentioned the November-December Premier League awards yet, Tom. Get voting for your captains, Mikel Arteta and Odegaard uh, and Eddie uh, for the goodness as well. Um, yes, Saka. Uh, Saka is indeed uh, uh, nominated alongside Odegaard, I believe. Um, or at least that's what I was told in my work group chat. I kind of missed all of that stuff. But Odegaard is definitely nominated. And uh, you should, if you can vote, vote for Martin Odegaard to win. And of course, Mikel Arteta is also nominated too. Although I have a feeling that we might see Eddie Howe pick up this one rather than Arteta. But we'll wait and see. Um, uh, Deluaru says, any reason for not naming Savage on your lists? I forgot him. <laughs> that's about it. But mainly because he's expensive, I guess. Uh, it's one of the more expensive centre midfielders that are out there. Not sure you can afford Mudrick and Savage in this window. That's the kind of trickiest part of, of that deal, uh, very much so. Uh, let's go to a last couple of questions to round things off with. Um, Peeny Ween says, is Muddy Rick, who I assume is Mudrick, uh, an Arsenal fan? As in, why is his heart set on coming to only us? It's a good question. I don't know if he is an Arsenal fan. From the way he acts on social media is as if he is. I think, of course, he's got his links to the club. Now, I... I kind of have heard little whispers that Zinchenko's been in his ear. He's been chatting away at him a bit. You know, Zinchenko being here is a big thing. We already know that Zinchenko's other half, um, uh, I can't remember her name. Is it Sadan, I think? Um, She interviewed uh, Mudrik and uh, there was the whole thing about, you know, go Gunners, you know, at the end. I think he's got his heart set on the move. I think he wants to come here. I think if you look at the different situations of Chelsea and Arsenal, Arsenal's far more attractive at this moment in time. Yes, maybe the pathway into the starting eleven is a bit harder, but if you want to be the best in the world, you've got to play for some of the best teams in the world. And at the moment, Arsenal are certainly way far and away from Chelsea. So whilst I don't know if he's an Arsenal fan, I think a lot of work has gone on behind the scenes um, to kind of get his head... Vlada Sadan, thank you, uh, Yomi. Um, with her, like... With, with his head very much looking at Arsenal. Um, Marcus says, uh, with all the issues at my favourite Italian club, I know not yours, Juventus players, uh, we could get... Uh, who is my favourite Italian club? Fiorentina uh, was my favourite Italian club because I've been to Florence. I've bought one of the shirts, so I've kind of adopted them as my team. I used to like watching Vor uh, Borja Valero um, as well, played there. Mohamed Salah I used to really enjoy when he was there as well. There's a few others, uh, Laich when he was at Fiorentina. Um, but yeah, Fiorentina have always been a little bit of a, of my Italian side because uh, I've got one of their shirts, basically, and I've been to Florence. And it's very, very nice indeed. Uh, which Juventus players could we get? I mean, the key ones that you look to are Locatelli, obviously. Chiesa is the other one. Not so keen on Vlaovic anymore, but Chiesa and Locatelli. Chris, thank you so much for becoming a member. Welcome to the TGT family, and I hope that you enjoy your stay with us. I can already see people in the chat box welcoming you to our good community here as well. Uh, that is going to round off it for today's show. Not sure if there's going to be a show this afternoon. I have had to change things in regards to what I had planned to Monday, so there will be a special show on Monday instead before the game against Oxford. Um, 
just the way things have worked out, unfortunately, because I've got an administrative thing wrong uh, in my calendar, so I mixed up my days. But that's fine. Um, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Do indeed drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Please, please, please go and watch yesterday's Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. Um, it came out yesterday at midday. We always release them typically on a Wednesday at midday, but we played on Tuesday night when we record. So we released it on Wednesday. Uh, that is, uh, that'll be there for you to watch the last upload on the channel. So don't miss out on it. So uh, please, please go give that a watch and a listen if you are still traveling to work or need something to listen to when you're running or walking or going somewhere. That's there. So go give that one a listen. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, drop a like if you've enjoyed it. And even if you haven't, subscribe to the channel and help us on our way to 50,000. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.